I've just lost the page, so bear with me. Uh, if you are reading along tonight, uh, we're reading from uh, Luke chapter 5, verses 17 to 20, which are on page, funnily enough, uh, 1031 of the Pew Bibles. One day Jesus was teaching, and Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and from Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up onto the roof and lowered him through a hole through the tiles into the middle of the crowd, right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. And I'm just going to uh, welcome Scott uh, tonight in prayer. Um, yeah, so if you want to come up and I'll, I'll pray for you. Hey God, um, thank you for this evening. Uh, thank you for, for Scott um, and the work that he does. Um, I pray that you would help us all to be uh, attentive and, and open to what, to what you uh, want to tell us tonight, Lord. I pray that, yeah, we would all be challenged um, and encouraged and, yeah, really um, just learn how to be more like you through what Scott has to say to us. Amen. Thank you. Great to be with you tonight. Thank you for the invitation. That was a, that was a superb prayer, can I just say? That was, what a prayer. Um, great thoughts as we think about mission tonight. But uh, thank you for the invitation and thank you for your partnership. Uh, whether you're being in, engaged in this church community for a long time or a little time, and whether you know much about global interaction or not, I, I just want to say thank you on behalf of our team. Uh, Andy in Southeast Asia today. Uh, Ryan and Susie uh, serving with our South Asia team are two of, uh, of the, uh, the family that you support and uh, with our organisation and they could only do what they do uh, with the amazing support of uh, Baptist churches across Australia. Um, I'm not here so much tonight to kind of promote global interaction. I'd, I'd rather just jump in and talk about how we engage in mission together. Uh, but really quickly, who are we? Um, we are the international kind of sending agency within our Baptist family of churches. thousand Baptist churches around the country and uh, it's my privilege in my role to work with our church movement in terms of how do we heighten awareness about what is God doing around the world and in the case of Global Interaction, uh, supporting uh, people of all ages, of all backgrounds to explore what does it mean to step out and to embrace God's gracious invitation to mission, whether that's in Central Australia, whether that's in Asia, whether that's in Africa, across the world. And we've got a wonderful mission community. And at the heart of that mission community are people who partner with us, who pray with us, who stand with us, who support the work that we do. Three women with audacious faith from the Flinders Street Baptist Church in Adelaide 140 years ago said, we feel called to go together to India. There was lots of opposition. People said it would be too hard. It was a long way away. Uh, dare I say, lots of men tried to make decisions about what those three women should do. Uh, but, you know, those three women said, uh, if God's in this, we will do it. And they went. And what was birthed is a, a missional movement that our church family is a part of across Australia. Hundreds of workers sent thousands and thousands of lives transformed. And you're very much a part of it here at Q. So thank you. 
Can I pray? And we'll open up God's word. Let's do that. Father God, we've worshipped you tonight. We recognise that by your spirit you're here tonight. And so our prayer would be open our ears, open our hearts, open our minds. Come Holy Spirit that we might have the courage, the attentiveness, the faith, the desire to hear from you tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. My uh, 10-year-olds walked in the house on Friday afternoon after school, arms in the air and kind of going, Yahoo! And I said, what are you so excited about? And he said, Dad, I got a birthday invitation. It's always a big deal in my household. I've got got, uh, a Brady bunch of kids, uh, eight in all, uh, if I can remember them all. Um, and they, they age in ra- they, they, they range from 29 down to seven. And uh, we've got a 10-year-old, eight-year-old, and a seven-year-old at home, and the other five are in New South Wales. And uh, my three little kids love birthday invitations. But Ali was particularly excited because next weekend, my wife gets in the car, borders permitting, and is driving 18 hours to visit our eldest with the three younger kids. And Ali realised, if I've got this birthday invitation in my hand... I won't be able to go in the car to travel for 18 hours. So his mum comes home from work and he says, Mum, I've got this birthday invitation. He says, that's fantastic. And he says, guess what? I now get to fly the weekend after with Dad because I've got this birthday invitation in my hand where I couldn't possibly drive 18 hours in the car with you. Smart boy. Smart boy. We love invitations, don't we? I just got invited to officiate at a wedding in Sydney uh, uh, last month before lockdown, his grand Anglican church uh, reception at the QVB building in Sydney. It's just a superb occasion with uh, uh, friends of mine and the, the joy of sharing in a, in a wedding. Uh, birthday invitations, other celebrations, uh, 21st that we're celebrating tonight. Lots of good things happening. As a pastor, you know, I get uh, lots of invitations to different events and gatherings. I recently got asked by a family, would I do a blessing of their pets? That's the first time I've ever been invited to do a blessing of the pets. I had to read up to kind of what's, what's kosher with the blessing of the pets. But I want to talk about a far more important invitation tonight. I want to, I want to invite you to think about that M word that we've already heard a number of times tonight, mission, and invite you to, to reframe afresh the way you might think about it. Because at the end of the day, global interaction isn't responsible for overseas mission. At the end of the day, Q Baptist Church is not responsible for mission in this local community. Ultimately, as effective as you might feel you are in sharing your faith, you're not actually responsible for mission in your neighbourhood. Why? Because the Scriptures remind us of Missio Dei. The scriptures remind us that our God is a God of mission. And our God is a God who is at work despite global interaction. A God is, who is at work despite Q Baptist Church. A God who is at work despite Scott Pilgrim. A God who has always been at work. A God who will always be at work. A God of mission. His very heartbeat is mission. And the reality is, if we get our head around that, we flip our thinking over and at times it also liberates us to be the people that God calls us to be. Because in fact, the church is not called to do mission. Mission actually constitutes the purpose of the church. And the reality is, God is at work whether I turn up or not. 
But here's the gracious invitation. Here's the beautiful truth that we remind ourselves tonight. God wants to use you and me. The mission of God in the hands of ordinary people. God wants to use someone broken like me, still being put back together. God wants to use ordinary people and he graciously invites us. He he beckons us to take hold of the most gracious invitation you and I can receive in this world, and that is that we become the hands and feet of Jesus in this beautiful but broken world. And the other reality, that God is at work ahead of us, and God's desire is that we might be open to where he's already at work in our worlds and our lives, our spheres of influence, and the people he places around us. And with that, with that in mind, can we come to this well-known story that we heard read to us tonight in Luke chapter 5? And I want to really quickly use it tonight as a metaphor. Whether you're here in the, uh, in the sanctuary or watching online, great to have you with us. Hopefully by what are we at? Uh, 10 past 6, you're out of your pyjamas today if you're joining us online. Hasn't it been cold today? Oh, I was here this morning. It's a lot, uh, it's a lot more relaxed this evening. It was rather chilly in here this morning. But uh, it's, um, it's good that we can open up God's Word. And we come to a passage that many of you will know well. The story of a man who is healed of his, of his disability. A paralyzed man who Jesus miraculously heals. And I just want to use this story really quickly as a metaphor. Not so much to lean into what actually happened, but what's the kind of symbolism, the metaphor that we can take from this passage when we think about God's gracious invitation to mission. We read in uh, Luke 5 that kind of God has come to town, if you like. Jesus is, uh, is ministering, he's healing people, he's teaching. There's a sense of authority, a sense of power. In other words, God is at work. God is at work. And then f- four men, you know, they haven't done Alpha, they haven't had kind of Christianity explained to them, they don't live in the kind of the context that we do with all the information we have available to us about Jesus, but they understand that something is happening here. God is at work and they want to be a part of what's happening. And they want to get their friends to Jesus. They want to see their friends' life transformed. They want to get their mate to Jesus. So the first thing we see in this passage is is participation. They lean in to participate to what God is already doing in the world. That's what Ben and Petra are doing. Ben and Petra are a young couple who fit the demographic of many of you here tonight. A young couple from uh, North Queensland who uh, now live as good neighbours in the Silk Road on the other side of the world having left uh, the heat of North Queensland for temperatures that get down to kind of minus 20 in their part of the world. Here's this young Aussie couple, uh, Ben, an English teacher, Petra, a physiotherapist, who felt uh, a sense of, of God calling them to step out and serve. Here's something I think to take hold of fresh tonight. They didn't begin serving God by going to the Silk Road. They're already doing that here. We're all called to mission here. We're called to God's grace invitation to mission tomorrow, whether that's at university, at our workplace, in our neighbourhood, in our street. And some of us, that call is extended to other places. Ben and Petra embrace that call. And they go to live in the Silk Road. 
They live in a, a country that we don't name for security reasons, but they live in a country where there are very few followers of Jesus. And there they are with their couple of little kids teaching English and seeking to help kids with disabilities, seeking to live as good neighbours and bring the hope of Jesus. And seeing that God is ahead of them, seeing that God is already at work, they pray that God might kind of bring people of peace into their world and they meet this older woman, Mrs. K. And they begin to get to know Mrs. K. They build up a friendship. She opens a house to them. She extends hospitality. Uh, her favorite dish involves curdled milk. And Ben is still trying to get his head around how he, how he embraces that dish. A friendship is developed and she begins to explore. She begins from her, her, her Muslim background to ask questions. Uh, ben and Petra aren't in the Silk Road to change this woman's religion. They're here to see a heart transformed by God. They're not there to, 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 to build a, a Western church at Global Interaction. We're not seeking to build Western churches at all. We're seeking to build vibrant faith communities where people follow Jesus in their own distinctive ways. They, they came to a question. As Mrs. K began to ask more questions about Jesus, would they read from the scriptures or would they read from Mrs. K's holy book? And they kind of grapple with that question. And one day Petra said, well, if we trust that God is already ahead of us, does it really matter? If God is at work. And so one week they would read from the Bible. And the next week, respectfully, they'd read from Mrs. K's holy book. And the Bible and the Mrs. K's holy book. Whichever book was being read, God's word or her holy book, God's spirit was at work and she began to ask more and more questions about Jesus. She began to have dreams and visions. Today, Mrs. K is multiplying disciples of Jesus in the Silk Road. Mrs. K has become a leader in a small, embryonic, vibrant faith community, one of the first Christian communities that that region of the Silk Road has ever seen. But it began. It began with a young couple from North Queensland willing to step forward and embrace God's gracious invitation to mission. And so my question tonight for each one of us is, are we leaning in to participate? Are we leaning in to what God has for each one of us in our worlds? Unlike Ben and Petra, most of us won't be called to the Silk Road. Most of us won't be called to the other side of the world. But we are called to step out into community tomorrow with our ears and our eyes open. It's okay. It's all good. We'll just let the conversation go on and we'll keep tuning in, hey? So can I invite you just to consider that question afresh tonight? What does it mean for you? Who are the people who God has already placed into your worlds? Who are, where are the opportunities for you to kind of lean in afresh and recognize that it's not so much about you, but it's about what God is already doing in your world and is the openness and the courage and the faith and the willingness to lean in and say, God, here am I. Here am I. It starts with participation. And of course, what do we see in this passage? I'm not going to unpack it in detail tonight. 
But we see this beautiful picture of, uh, of four men who have to carry their mate to Jesus. I've always loved this story from when I was a kid. I grew up uh, in a small... Um, uh, in a small Presbyterian church in Newcastle, in, uh, in New South Wales. But up the road from where I live was a little Lutheran church. And uh, every year they would put on a, on a, uh, on a production. And uh, one year it was the Christmas play. And I really hoped I was going to land a role as, uh, as you know, one of the big characters, Joseph or the shepherds. I got, uh, I got cast as the wind. Literally, they tied some branches to me and the, the narrator said, and the wind blew. And that was as good as it got. But the year after, this was the play, the healing of the man, the paralyzed man. And I thought, I might, get a, I might get a big role. I got the man, I got the role of the man on the mat. I had to lie there and say nothing. And as they carried me, unfortunately, my four mates weren't as strong as they thought they would, and they dropped me. And I fell to the ground. And as a 10-year-old, I lay there anxiously thinking, I'm paralyzed. Am I really allowed to get up? Because the miracle hasn't happened yet. I've always loved this story. Just think about it. Here's these four men, and they arrive with their friend on the mat. It'd be a bit like arriving here tonight, you know, no COVID restrictions, and the building is packed to the rafters, and you can't even get into the door. But these men, having leaned in, having wanted to be a part of God's redemptive activity, they bring their friends, and there's no room, there is no way in. What are some other things we can quickly take hold of in this passage when we think about God's gracious invitation to mission? Well, we can see collaboration. It took more than one person to carry the mat, didn't it? We're in this together. Q Baptist Church, an extended family on mission. We're not all called to the same roles. We're not all called to the same ministries, but we're called to community. And there's a really lovely sense of that in this place tonight. We're called to community. We're called to be co-workers in the gospel. We're called to partnership. We're called to partner locally. Thankfully, you partner with us globally. We all have a role to play. The importance of collaboration. The importance of, of a group of people like this getting their heads together and dreaming about ministry, praying for each other, supporting each other. In this passage, we celebrate partnership. One of the privileges of my role is that I get... Uh, Lots of uh, letters and correspondence and emails from people who've supported Global Interaction for many years. Mostly emails today, but every now and then a handwritten letter. And you always know that handwritten letter will probably come from one of our older supporters and partners. You know, last week I had to wipe away some tears. He was a handwritten letter. You could just read it. You could imagine the, the nervous, uh, shaking hand writing it. It was from a 97-year-old lady in Perth with a gift of $17,500 and saying, I'm afraid, Scott, this will be the last gift that I can bring. But to the day I die, I won't stop praying for the global interaction workers that I partner with. There's a lady who understands partnership. There's a lady who understands God's gracious invitation to mission. Doesn't mean you have to always go, but you're part of something bigger, part of what God is doing. We see participation, we see collaboration, we see determination. They get to the house and the house is so full of people 
The door's even blocked. There was every reason, if you wanted to find a reason to say, we're going to turn around and go home. This is too hard. So often we can look at mission that way, can't we? It's too hard. God, it's, it's, it's beyond me. God, it's too challenging. God, how could you use someone like me? God, there are too many obstacles or barriers. These men highlight a really important thing with the determination. They're going to break down the barriers so their friend can get to Jesus. What are Ben and Petra doing on the Silk Road? They're breaking down political barriers, cultural barriers, gender barriers, religious barriers. Day by day, they're slowly breaking down barriers so people can come to know Jesus. We're called to be barrier breakers. Some of your friends are actually very interested in spirituality. They don't buy very much today, maybe the mainstream institutional church. That's okay. Don't fight that argument. Let them meet Jesus first. One of our challenges is to break down the barriers in our culture of how people see the church, of how people see Jesus. Our call to be determined, to be robust, to be resilient, to see, yes, there are challenges, but our God is as bigger than the challenges. And that God can use ordinary people like you and I in that process. And of course, with that determination, there's burden. And I find this pretty challenging in my own life. I think about the determination of these men to get their friend to Jesus and suddenly I'm struck with, well, do I share that same burden? When I think about family or friends or people in my influence in the kind of comfortable world that I live in, is there a sense of burden? Three women 140 years ago with none of the resources that we take for granted today commenced global interaction and what was their primary motivation? A burden a call of God in their lives to share the hope of Jesus with people in India. Maybe tonight your prayer is, Holy Spirit, break me out of my comfort zone. Holy Spirit, challenge me afresh. Holy Spirit, burden me that when I see people, I might see how you can use me to be an agent of grace, of love, of hope. So we see participation we see collaboration, we see determination, and then we see imagination. I love this about this story. These men, they can't get their mate to Jesus. The barriers seem too high, so what do they do? They look up. They look up. You know, around the world today and across Melbourne and God is at work in so many incredibly creative ways. Why? Because people are looking up and are open to how the Holy Spirit might encourage them into, into new missional enterprises and initiatives and activity. And these men look up, and this is where I would have loved to have kind of seen the, you know, the YouTube clip of this conversation. Because one says to another, why don't we try to go through the roof? Why don't we try to go through the roof? At Global Interaction, one of our catch cries is, how can we humbly but boldly break through ceilings that people might come to know Jesus? You know, imagine the scene. Everywhere, I've, if I've ever preached on this passage, I've always thought, wouldn't it be great to reenact it right now during the message? But I look up and you've got a, you've got a pretty tall ceiling. <laughs> I'm sure it wouldn't get the OHS committee tick. <laughs> But imagine that picture. They get to the top of the roof. They take off the thatching. 
And with their ropes, they lower their friend down. Incredible imagination. I was chatting with a man just a few weeks ago. And uh, he lives in the northern suburbs of Melbourne. Attends a local Baptist church like this one. And he was kind of struggling with how did he, how did he engage in God's gracious invitation to mission? He wanted to be kind of open to something new and different. He felt kind of guilty. He, he tried to probably make it too hard. A neighbor moved in, a new person moved in during lockdown last year. And Pete got to know Mark, an older Vietnamese man. Pete had never met someone from Vietnam before, knew very little about Vietnam. Mark had a Buddhist background. Pete knew nothing about Buddhist culture. But with his eyes kind of open, Pete said, well, maybe this is the opportunity I've been praying for. Maybe God has put Mark to be my neighbor at this time in my life. There was lots of opportunities to engage with lockdown over the back fence. Pete began to mow Mark's front lawn. I love this. Pete went out and started to read about Vietnam. He went out and started to read about Buddhist culture. For the first time in his life, he started cooking Vietnamese dishes. And after a period of kind of befriending and relationship and time, uh, a friendship was being formed. Mark had... uh, come to Australia as a refugee and experienced racism many years ago. Somehow in his mind, he'd associated that racism with the church and had kind of brought Jesus into that. And so there were barriers that had to be broken down. As we think about that, can I highlight that today's World Refugee Day? As we open our eyes in our community around Melbourne, may it be that God softens our heart and We have compassion for some of the most needy people in our community, refugees and asylum seekers. But this friendship develops. Cut a long story short, finally the time comes when Pete can invite Mark over for dinner and Mark sits at the table and Pete has cooked Mark's favourite Vietnamese dish and Mark gives it a 9 out of 10. Pete goes off and finds the local Vietnamese Baptist church about 20 minutes away and he brings three of the guys from the Vietnamese Baptist church to his house and every second Sunday afternoon now, those guys sit around and read the scriptures together in a language and a culture that makes sense to Mark. It all started with Pete being open and Pete being open to the spirit of imagination of how might God use him to break down barriers that his friend, his neighbour, might come to know Jesus. Participation, collaboration, determination, imagination. And finally, we get transformation. Because the men don't change the life of their mate, do they? Jesus is there. The men play their part. The men lean in, the men with determination, the men with courage want to get their friend to Jesus and they get their mate to Jesus and he's lowered in and Jesus highlights their faith and Jesus not only brings physical transformation but spiritual transformation as this man broken for many years is restored physically, emotionally and spiritually by the only one who can restore him, Jesus Tonight we celebrate God's 
gracious invitation to mission. We remind ourselves that God is already at work in our world, that God is already at work in your world, in your life, in your community. Who might be the people of peace that God has around you? Who might be people of peace, people who already know you, like you, who are willing to allow you to serve them? Who might people of peace be in your life where God is graciously inviting you to be his hands and feet of hope and grace? Yes, thank you for your partnership across the world. But we remind ourselves the heart of any healthy congregation is a commitment to mission locally and globally. And I know that's very much a part of your DNA. But every one of us has a role to play. The mission of God in the hands of ordinary people. None of us here tonight disqualified. Every one of us here tonight meets the criteria. Every one of us here tonight a recipient of that beautiful invitation of our gods that we might step out into this broken world to be his hands and his feet with our eyes wide open and see who is it that God puts into my life, into my world, into my sphere of influence. What is it that they need? What can I bring to them? What can I learn about them? What are their needs? How might, like these men, I be committed to breaking down barriers that others might experience the good news of Jesus. Will you pray with me? Father, right here and right now as we pray, by your Spirit, just refresh and renew each one of us in that reality that you choose to use us in your redemptive activity across this community, city, nation and world. Father, we say thank you. Thank you that you choose ordinary people. Thank you that you choose us, that you esteem us with the privilege of serving you. Lord Jesus, we hear your invitation afresh. Just as the Father sent me, so I send you. And so our prayer would be in a world where every day we're seduced with so many messages, information overload, consumerism, the call to comfort, to put ourselves first. Lord God, break afresh into our lives and remind us that we're called to be countercultural people. Break afresh into our lives and remind us of your desire to use each one of us uniquely wide and gifted in this place. Break into our lives afresh and fill us with imagination and innovation and a spirit of creativity in the ways that we can serve together. And Father, tomorrow and the next day and the next week and the next month, continue by your spirit to open our eyes to where you are already at work in our worlds. And thank you for the privilege of partnership, of partnering together locally and globally. Lord Jesus, we commit ourselves afresh to you tonight. And maybe for some of us, 
in this service tonight or watching online as we pray that prayer. could be the first time we've genuinely prayed that prayer, that we commit our lives to you, or it could be for some. Lord, I want to take serious the call you have in my life. And with faith and courage, I embrace your gracious invitation to mission tonight. Thank you for the privilege of community, of worshipping together. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Would you stand with us as we sing these last two songs together?